0: Might realize that we've talked about our values before. If you've been through the Join in the Church course, you might realize that bits of them keep emerging in that course. So why are we revisiting them? Well, the short of it is it's easy for us to forget who we are and Ben reminded us last week about how the Israelites kept forgetting about who they were, about who God had made them and called them to be. That he'd approached and made a pact with Abraham. And Abraham and his family were then in a special relationship with God. and It wasn't that they were special, as Ben said. There was nothing special about him. But he was the person who was picked to represent what it's like to be in relationship with God. Abraham then, by the grace of God, gave birth to a nation. And, sorry, I'm going to stop this because it's distracting me out of the corner of my eye. And now I can't stop it. <laughs> right? Never mind. Um, but the the point is that um, God wanted a group of people to demonstrate what it's like to be in relationship with Him. But the Israelites kept forgetting who God had called them to be. And so, in the same way. We want to be a people who remember our relationship with God and what we're called to be. So these values aren't everything we believe in. These five values, they're not everything we hold to, but they're a key part of who we are. They're a key part of what differentiates us as a church from other churches in the local area so we believe in the authority of the bible we believe that our meetings and as we go around ought to be present by god that we carry god around with us and that we know what it is like to interact with the holy spirit that was the great thing this morning was sometimes it feels like oh! we're we're stopping why are we stopping no we're just waiting for the holy spirit to finish bringing what then started with the tongue we're waiting for the interpretation so that we understand what god has said it's one of those gifts that god gives to his people that sets them apart we believe in serving We believe in being outward focused and being evangelistic about what God has done for us. Because we want people to know what a pleasure it is to have a relationship with Him. It actually fulfills us. But the biggest thing that has struck me since I started coming along is this sense of community. That is the thing that we hold dear, that our coming together is important. Now, if you're going, I struggle to read my Bible, or I struggle to come along to the prayer meetings, or "I, I just struggle. Don't feel under condemnation. Okay, Because the condemnation doesn't come from here, from us talking about our values. It's coming from the devil and what he would say against you. And he's trying to knock you off, worshipping and praising God. We're already doing these five things. All we're doing is we're revisiting them to refresh it in our mind. You already are hitting the mark. The thing is, God has a way. Every time I listen to these, and and this is probably about number five I've preached, but sort of we've had six or seven of them um, going through our values in the time that I've been here. And each time, God just goes ding, ding, ding focus on that. That's the next thing. There's always a room for improvement. So my first question that I felt prompted to ask is, who will you serve? Not, will you serve? Yeah? It isn't the point that this morning is about saying, Well, you know, the PA's down a person we could do with someone else on the rotor, or, you know, we need more kids workers. But this morning is the question is, who will you serve? See, inherent in that question is that we all serve someone. We all serve someone. Even if that someone is yourself. We were made to serve God. He made us to serve Him so that we would rule over creation. Genesis 1 says, um, then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that Be fruitful, increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then in Genesis 2, it summarizes and says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and care for it. So God created us to serve him by ruling over creation. But that was always where we were created to be. We were created to serve. Thankfully, God didn't leave it there. He didn't just give us a book or a set of books and a set rules and said, there you go, off you go, go do it. But he actually sent Jesus. And Jesus came to show us how. We talked in our series of Mark that we we put aside. In Mark 9, um, Jesus goes up the mountain with uh, three disciples and it's headed the transfiguration. But God appears there, and He says, "This is my Son. This is Jesus, my Son, whom I love. Listen to Him." See, we're Christians. That's what we get labelled with. But the point about that is, we're Christians. We want to be like. Christ, We want to follow Christ. We want to follow Christ's examples. And he spoke often, sometimes explicitly, like when he was washing the disciples' feet and he said, you need to do this. You need to be the least in society serving. But he also did it implicitly, that means he spoke things that weren't saying "This is what you need to do," but he demonstrated and talked about the things, and so Jesus came to serve and to show what it is to serve. Matthew, in his account um talks about, uh, he groups together a set of stories in Matthew 24 and 25 about Jesus coming again um, and about the times that are going to be ahead of the disciples and ahead of us. Um, And amongst those, he had um, these verses. They talk a lot about serving about following the commands of Jesus and how easy it is not to. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another As a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats, he will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry And feed you, or thirsty, and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go and visit you? The king will reply Truly, I tell you, whatever you do for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. So, who will you serve? When you serve here in the church, you serve Jesus. That's what we're called to do. We're called to be of service and serving Jesus, serving God. Just like Ace brought in that um, interpretation of Ben's tongue, that we're here to serve God in three. Um, serving almost always involves a sacrifice, but Jesus is always worth it. I Think about the parable of the person who finds treasure in a field, and he goes and sells everything he's got just so that he can go and buy that field. Jesus is worth it. When we serve, it's so easy to go and hold on to the sacrifice that we're making. Whenever I come home, I'm always the one who has to make the dinner. I'm not, by the just in case you were wondering. I always have to come here early on a Sunday morning to set up. You need to watch those always and have to's in your conversation. Because no one's making me come here and set up. If we serve others, if we serve Jesus, then the always and the have-tos are nullified. What Jesus did for us, how can I ever repay him? But I will give my life to serve him and to serve you in the process. In Luke fourteen, Jesus was at a um, he'd gone to a, a Pharisee's house and quite a high- up Pharisee, and he was just making some observations and and looking at sort of what was going on and um, in the verses in Luke fourteen uh, Luke records, when Jesus noticed how the guests picked the places of honor at the table. He told them this parable. When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor, for a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. If so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, give this person your seat. Then, humiliated, you will have to take the least important, But when you're invited, take the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he will say to you, Friend, move up to a better place. Then you will be honored in the presence of all the other guests. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Serve Jesus humbly. That's actually what we talk about our value being, is humbly serving. Don't serve for position. Don't go thinking that, oh, if I really dedicate myself out in the kids' work, it will be noticed, and that will mean that I get to be an elder. Doesn't work that way. Don't serve for position. Don't serve according to the label that people give you. I'm a teacher. I teach all week. I couldn't possibly spend my weekends teaching in kids' work, or I'm an elder. I it's above my or it's below my position to go and clean the toilets. Couldn't possibly do that. Don't you know who I am? I can't change a dirty nappy in kids work. I jest. But if you ever see any of the elders making that mistake, just prompt them. say, Hello! But that's not our heart. You see, there's nothing too low for me to go and do. If The toilets need cleaning. I'll go clean the toilet. If I need to be here at 9 o'clock to set up the aid, I'll be here to set up the a. Serve because it's your calling. That's whose God has created you to be. So all of us can serve. But serve according to your calling. Serve where your gifting is. Serve where your gifting isn't. Serving in the church is being the church. I wonder what you think about this place, about the church you're in? Is it a social club to you? Is it just something you do on a Sunday and possibly a Wednesday? Is it just something that you come along to, that you participate in? It's great. You know, we want people to do that. We want people to experience their friends and to find a place where they're safe and secure. Here's the question. Do you own it? Is this your church? Or is it just the church that you attend? When you see some paper on the ground, do you pick it up? When you see someone in a mess, will you go and talk to them and see if you can help? When you see, oh sorry, it's difficult, isn't it, Can create excuses. See, I don't feel qualified. That PA thingy with a an iPad, that, whoa, that's just too technical. Too many cables. That's scary. Or, what if someone has put that bit of paper on the ground for a reason? You're laughing. I so very nearly put bits of paper on the ground. <laughs> yeah. Someone dropped an HDMI cable that I then (laughs) couldn't find where I'd put it. Um, But another excuse is, surely someone else has seen that. Surely they'll deal with that. Or, if you're like me, perhaps you go, where did I get it wrong? I like to be perfect you hadn't realized. (laughs) Thanks for that, Andrea. But we need to think as though we're owners. And rather than just being participants, if you aren't sure, it's okay to ask. If you If someone's better qualified, it's okay to delegate. I don't mean just sort of, oh, can you just deal with that person there? Because, you know, that's in your gifting. No. Delegation means you still have a responsibility. You've still seen it. So get alongside the person who is gifted and learn from them. If you've seen something out of place, but you aren't sure if it's out of place, then ask around. One of the great things this morning was Shagun said, just before we started, he said, are those cables meant to be there, or do I need to tidy them away? Oh, it was brilliant, because yes, actually, I've set them up to be there. But in my normal OCD kind of stuff, and I, I'm doing a disservice to those with OCD, but I like things tidy, and Shagun's picked up on that, and he sort of says, mm, that looks a bit messy compared to what is normally there. So so Shagun asked, you know, are those needing removing, or are they deliberately out of place? I wonder what you see that's missing. We've had people talk to to us about sort of um, the need to look after the poor and needy around Blackpool. Now we were able to say we actually give to a charity that is able to do that because we're not resourced to go out there and at the moment and deal with. But what do you see around the church that's missing? God, and I already kind of hinted at this, but God might be highlighting that to you, and that's why no one else is seeing it. If you notice something, it may well be that God is going to use you to deal with that situation. That in doing that, you might think you're not equipped, not able to do it, but God will equip you to serve doing that. Isaac, bless him, heard that um, I was that's blurred. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> distraction. Um Isaac, bless him, heard that what I was going to be speaking on today um, a couple of weeks ago, and um, he sent me a video, and um, I thought about summarizing the video and so forth, but I thought, actually, it might just be better to play the video. So, Hopefully this
1: works. If I'm honest, I never really liked the church. I didn't even really like Christians that much. I used to think of it like a package deal. Like you get Jesus, and so you get the church and Christians thrown. It's just part of the package. And uh, there are some bits you like Jesus, some bits you don't like so much, just like the church and Christians. I used to find that a bit annoying, but I'd turn up the church and go through it. But I didn't really enjoy going to church. And then one day I was at the back of our church in East London and someone said to me, we need help to run the coffee team. And last night I was like working like 70, 80 hour a week. I'm like, what? And they were like, yeah, we, Steve, we really need your help running the coffee team on a Sunday. And I was thinking, I'm a pastor, I'm not a barista. Like, I've got a job. I don't need another job to run the coffee team. But I just, you know, sometimes you, you just can't even think of what to say, so I was like, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it, okay. And, and I instantly like, thought, why did I do that? So I turned up next week like, you know, trying to get the cups and everything, really get the coffee right. As I handed these cups to people, something really changed in me. I found myself, as I handed coffee to these people, growing in love for them. I was like, these people are amazing. Like, this is this extraordinarily diverse community. It's been gathered from across the area. Probably not another place that looks as diverse and integrated as this. This is a miracle. And then I, even people I found a little bit more frustrating and complicated, as I handed them their coffee, I kind of grew in love for them. And I kind of basically fell in love with the church. And then I kind of went back to the person who'd asked me to do it. I said, we need a new coffee machine. We need better beans. We need better mugs. Like, we, come on, these are amazing people. I want this to be the best coffee that they get. You know, they, they're coming to church on a Sunday morning. I got more and more passionate. I started to build a team to serve coffee on a Sunday morning. I sometimes say, making coffee changed my life because I fell in love with the church of Jesus Christ. I didn't realize why it was special. I didn't realize why it mattered. And as I made coffee for people, I suddenly realized, oh, the church is like the bride of Jesus Christ. It's like the thing he gave himself for. Like the church is God's plan for the salvation of the world. There's no plan B. And God is gonna build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So, like. God is putting all his eggs in the church basket. And I realized over those few weeks, there's a beautiful thing here. Yes, it messes up. Yes, it makes mistakes. You'll never find a perfect church, but it's a beautiful thing. And I thought, that's what I want to spend my life building.
0: It's amazing, isn't it? That the guy comes to church, and he kind of goes, well, kind of a packaged deal, it's, it's Jesus, and then you've got the church and the bits and pieces around it. And like Jesus, but the church stuff. Yeah. But he then starts serving, and I would say he finds his fulfillment. He finds what God's created him to be. And through that, he finds a love for the people around him. He finds a passion for what he's doing. That's what we're me- meant to do. That's what service is about. Finally, just wanted to I, as I was preparing sort of um, this uh, word, I was just challenged by God with this question. And he said to me, Are you all in? Andrea's been reading some books recently, um, partly about, you know, sort of um, uh, being a Christian and how to um, sort of stand on what God has done, and in particular talking uh, to um, atheists. Um, But a number of these books have talked about Our default, what we default to, is that we look after ourselves. That that's our number one. After all, that's why the fall happened in the first place. Was I can well imagine that part of what the devil was digging around was kind of going, look at all you see. It's kind of finite. It's kind of, you know... Are you really going to have enough? Certainly later on with that, um, I forgot the name of the twin boys who came next, but, um, you know, there's always been a question of is there really enough for you? Um, maybe as well as looking after yourself, you'd also look after your family because they're fairly important to you. Possibly, if you've got loads of resource, loads of energy, loads of things to do, you might look after the tribe that you're in. You might even be forced to serve your nation. But to serve others? It doesn't really compute. It's not our default. Except that we died with Christ. And we were made new, brought in new. And our new bodies, our new person, has a... No, it's about serving others. It's about other people. See, we stand out when we do that. See, we're not called to just serve here in the church. Yeah? These five values, yes, they're about the church, but as Ben was saying this morning, it doesn't end at these doors. You don't finish at these doors. Are you all in? Are you going to take our values out to the world, out there? You know, the Bible project is going through the Sermon on the Mount, um, and they are um, going to deal with it in a load of detail. Um, but the, the first sort of episode of it talked about the people that Jesus is talking to, the Sermon on the Mount. And so he's not talking to the Pharisees, He's not talking to rich and famous. He's talking to the regular Joes. He's talking to the poor. So when he says, the poor in spirit, or those who mourn, or the meek, or those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. He was talking to a bunch of people, this is you, yeah? They were in Roman occupation. The Romans were occupying their land. So often you'd be saying, this isn't right that these Romans are here, yeah? So Jesus is preaching those words to an audience who already are there. They're already the meek, the merciful, the pure in heart. See, the kingdom is topsy-turvy. God's kingdom starts at the bottom and works up. It's like the yeast in the dough that spreads throughout it. That's what we're called to be. We're called to be yeast in the dough that's out there. We're called to serve out there as well as in here. It's not that easy though, is it? When I serve my neighbor, or as the guy said on TikTok there, when I love my neighbor, That's hard. Because he just wants to pick a fight with me. When you've parked your car across the road from his driveway and he comes to tell you that you've parked illegally, will you hold back from loving him? Will you hold back from seeing the hardship, the trauma that they're going through. We made meals for our other neighbor. Would I make meals for this neighbor? I'm challenged on that. But are you all in? How can I best serve them? How can I love them? And as much To you as to myself, or the other way around, as much to myself as to you. Don't worry about getting it right all the time. Just follow Jesus. I want to be all in. And sometimes I am all in. But sometimes I fall short when dealing with my angry neighbor. Sometimes I'm all in, but then I walk past the dog poo on the pavement in my neighbourhood, even though I've got dog poo bags in my pocket, and I don't pick it up. I'm all in until the politics in the UK drives me round the bend, and I forget to get involved. I forget to even just encourage those who are involved. Father God, we thank you for what you've done in this church. Lord, we don't want to forget who you've called us to be. Lord, We want to be a people who humbly serve here in the church and out there amongst people who don't know you. Lord, you've made us to be different. So Lord, I pray that we would step up, that we would be all in more often than we're not. Thank you, God. Amen.